from DLA Piper. This is the Beyond the Curve podcast. In this episode, DLA Piper partner Matt Schwartz, Associate Bree Charles, and Chief Talent and Inclusion Officer Lenora Osbin Odom discuss the mentor and mentee relationship, how technology plays an important role, and why the firm is backing the nonprofit Legal Mentor Network. Hello, I'm Lenora Osmond Odom, and I'm joined today by my colleagues, Matt Schwartz and Bree Charles. Really exciting topic today. Looking forward to just jumping right in. So for you, Matt, I really want to start with your experiences as a mentor and ask you why is mentoring so important to you? I have been a mentor on and off my whole career. I think that as a junior associate, I tried as best as I could to help the folks who came up below me. When I first made partner 12 years ago, the idea of mentoring the folks on my team and others throughout the firm was very appealing to me for a variety of reasons. One, because it's the right thing to do. Two, because I think it's helped build an incredible team here. I would say that within the last year or so, it's taken on an entirely new meaning in terms of reaching out to folks outside of our firm, outside of my practice area, and really getting to know some really incredible young law students and lawyers who really needed guidance. There was a time last year where I said, Matt, you really need to figure out a way to make an impact on the community around you and figure out an additional way to help people. And I think mentoring has been an amazing avenue for that. I've gotten to meet some unbelievable people. I've hired an amazing person that I mentored. I've gotten to hear different perspectives on legal education, job searches, what it's like out there in the nitty gritty world. And I think that especially for partners at big law firms who have been in big law for a while, you tend to get a little bit myopic about your world and the legal world. Mentoring really is a two-way street in that the mentee gets a lot of benefit out of it. They get access to information, guidance that they wouldn't otherwise have. But I have to be honest that I feel I've gotten a tremendous benefit out of it as well as a mentor in hearing different perspectives and understanding questions that young lawyers and law students want answered and in understanding how myself, my group, our firm, the legal market in general needs to evolve in the way that we mentor students, provide information, provide guidance. It's really given me a much broader perspective on the legal market in general and my role in it. Bree, what have some of your experiences been with mentoring and what has stood out to you as a mentee? It's very difficult when you're under the stress of classes or you're searching for a job to really narrow your path or your scope and find the right direction. So what's really stood out to me when I speak to my mentors as a mentee is investing the time and caring enough to really help me find my way. Because the law field is, as I'm sure you both know, very challenging. Even if you're top of your class from the best schools, you still have to network. You still have to play the rules. You still have to come in and do excellent work. Excellent. So again, this is just such a timely topic. We've seen a lot of recent reports and surveys, which are really showing us that law school graduates and those about to graduate, as they're looking for employment, are really valuing learning and development opportunities, especially when they're choosing their future employees. I can certainly attest to the fact that career development is top of mind for the candidates who are looking for careers in big law, certainly candidates that are coming to look 
for employment at DLA Piper. What do you both believe is the reason for this shift where development opportunities are now sitting shoulder to shoulder with considerations like salary and other benefits? As someone who was hired by DLA about six months ago, I can tell you one of my number one reasons for selecting DLA was because of Matt's offer to personally mentor me and the development opportunities I had with the team. I'm not only mentored by him, I'm mentored by a partner that I speak with almost every day, as well as a senior associate, at least a few times a month. And development opportunities are critical in my belief to avoiding burnout. I previously worked in privacy and I loved it, but I really wasn't guided. I just took it on head on and just kept doing it. And then within less than four years, I was done. I was ready for a change. And I think having guidance would have probably made me want to stay. Having a mentor would have probably made me slow down. I think one of the biggest things that Matt is always trying to emphasize with me and with other members of the team is that it's okay to be junior. It's okay to not know something. It's okay to ask questions. It's okay to not burn yourself out. So I think development opportunities go hand in hand with that and learning and progressing and progressing in a sustainable way is critical. And I think a lot of young students are realizing that. Matt, what about you? What are your thoughts on why development opportunities are becoming more important to candidates as they choose their employer? Yeah, I think there are a bunch of factual reasons One is there used to be a tremendous asymmetry of information about the law market in general. These days, with the resources that are out there, whether it's above the law, career guidance, the information available about the different types of practices, the different types of law firms, it's abundant. Law students are smarter these days. They all are computer and tech savvy. They all know how to go and find and use the resources that are out there. So the law students are smarter, better equipped than they ever were before, especially in the use of technology. Number two, especially in big law, there has been an alignment of compensation where most big law firms pay at the same comp scale. So the differentiation is, what practice group are you in? Who are the people that you work with? What other opportunities are you receiving? What is your long-term career path? Which I think dovetails nicely with the general ethos of the next generation of lawyers, which is that I'm not in this just to make money. People realize that that is a short-term view. You don't go to big law to be there for one, two, five years and make a bunch of money. Law students are frankly more sophisticated. They understand that in order to build long-term skill sets, whether that's to succeed at big law to go in-house, to go start your own law firm. You have to have mentorship opportunities. You have to have people around you who are willing to support you. That's really the only way to do it these days. The grind it out for 10 years and make partner concept is frankly out the window. Nobody does that anymore. Expecting an associate to come into the office and work hard just because they're going to get a paycheck, that's not the rule of the land anymore. And it frankly shouldn't be. People expect more from their employers, from the people that they work with. At the same time, from when I was an associate to now, we expect more from our associates. We expect client development. We expect more on the pro bono front. We expect more on the mentoring front. If you expect more 
from newly minted lawyers. You must give them more if you want to get more. So I think that it's a symbiotic relationship, both that law firms are realizing for the health of their firm to cultivate the kind of lawyers that clients want to hire, to cultivate people who will mentor, who will develop business, who will go the extra mile. You've got to put out more than just a paycheck. So I think there's a whole bunch of factors why law students have gotten smarter, why law firms have gotten smarter, and why we are moving more in what I view as the right direction for the industry. It's a tough job. Being a lawyer at big law is not an easy job. There has to be something more than a paycheck at the end to make it worthwhile for people to invest themselves in that career path. And I think that mentorship opportunities Working in a team that's supportive, working in an environment that's accretive to your skill set are things that naturally a smart person would want. It's a confluence of resources, skill sets, expectations, and just moving the industry in a more holistic direction than where it's been for a long time. I totally agree. We're definitely in a different time and talking to a different set of new lawyers one of the things that's really admirable about them is to actually stop and be willing to challenge the current system or what we've been doing for so long and saying, actually, I am smart enough to do this, but what is the best way to do this? What is the most sound way to do this? And I think for them that identifying opportunities, which put them on the right trajectory and identifying the right people to help get them there and mentorship is certainly a critical point in their decisions and how they go forward. And we're really talking about opportunities. And I think the clarity that comes from having a mentor relationship, understanding what's really at play. It's like you said, Matt, not just putting your head down and working, working, working. It's really understanding what they're doing and how the whole system works. What is law really doing and how do I navigate this for myself? Recent American Bar Association study shared that 85% of women and 81% of multicultural professionals noted the need for navigational support to succeed inside legal organizations. In that very real sense, mentors can be both a compass and a connection into legal organizations. And certainly there is a lot of need and a lot of demand for mentors. Given that need, that increase in demand, and also given the importance of this connectivity and this relationship, this mentor relationship, what are some of the best ways do you both believe to create longstanding and effective mentor relationships? I'll take this one first. I think it's about a few things. Number one is honesty. You've got to be honest and direct with the people that you mentor. I try to give very few pieces of advice, but I try to give the key pieces of advice. I think that in today's world, law students and young lawyers are completely overwhelmed with the opportunities and resources available to them. Case in point, I spoke to a really great young lawyer who had just graduated law school in May, who was studying for the bar but also planning on doing 20 other things over the summer, including an internship, an online course. He was so excited to get into the industry that he wanted to do all these different things. And I said to him, dude, time out. The next six weeks, all you should be doing is studying for the bar, 10 hours a day, every day. 10 hours of study, two hours of 
exercise and free time and 12 hours of sleep. That's all you should be doing. Because if you don't focus on the task at hand and don't pass the bar, none of these other things are going to matter. He reached out to me not that long ago and said, hey, you were absolutely right. I put my head down. I put all this other stuff aside. I studied for the bar and I passed the bar. Thank you for that guidance. It was such a simple piece of advice. It almost, to me, seemed so obvious. But I feel that getting back to basics is one of the keys to a longstanding mentoring relationship. We tend to overcomplicate things, and I think that young lawyers, young law students get so overwhelmed with the volume of information, and frankly, the CLEs that are out there, the learning opportunities, different types of practice areas, different types of classes that they can take, that they forget to stop and take a deep breath and just focus on learning core skills, whether that's learning how to draft documents. We're not litigators, but learning how to write briefs, learning how to create professional emails, learning how to interact with the other lawyers that they work with. So for me, I have found that a back-to-basics approach, focusing and keying young lawyers in on the building blocks of career development and skill development, that plus brutal honesty are my two keys for mentorship. There are lawyers I've mentored for a decade, including one who's now my partner. We had a conversation yesterday, and I think the same keys apply. You have to be direct, you have to be honest, and you have to give simple, clear guidance that's easy to follow. Because you tend to have very short interactions with your mentees, and they've got to be able to come back to basics when they want to think about what they're doing, whether it's a detailed work assignment, it's a client lunch, it's a CLE, it's giving a presentation, whatever it is, simplicity and honesty still tend to be the best building blocks. So Bree, as a recipient of mentorship, what are the things that are important to you to get from a mentor? Honesty. I know for me personally, and a lot of my friends being first generation, we don't know things. And a lot of times we take on too much, or sometimes we go beyond our limit, or sometimes we do something that's unnecessary. So just having a mentor that's willing to sit me down and really just guide me and tell me, hey, that extra class you wanted to take, it's not necessary in the sense of it's not actually aimed at what your goal is. But a lot of times I think what is really important to me with a mentor is just listening as well, because mentors, especially if you've been in the field for over 10 years, you know things that I just don't know. So I may have skill sets or traits, or I may be attracted to a particular type of work, and you may know of an applicable practice, or you may know of a way to train me or a resource for me to get better in this particular skill. So it's just really listening and emphasizing that guidance portion together, because that's ultimately what's going to make you a better lawyer is just really having someone there to mold you. I think a lot of mentors are kind of afraid to do that, particularly when they're dealing with women or with minorities. They don't want to come off as too aggressive or they don't want to come off as offensive. And I think we need to scale back from that. And at the end of the day, we really do need to emphasize people's skills and we really do need to guide them. And it's okay to say, hey, you're doing too much or hey, you're doing something that's not necessary. I think that's something that has been crucial for me, especially as a junior attorney here at DLA. 
I want to take that a bit further. When you talk about honesty and you talk about getting this feedback, and Matt, you talk quite a bit about focus. And especially now, we've all been working from home or some hybrid mix. What role has technology played in your mentorship relationship? Helped? Hurt? How do people navigate these relationships using technology as an additional tool? Yeah, I think it's evolved. I don't think helped or hurt. When I started practicing, and even when I was a young partner, 99% of the mentorship happened in our office. It was a team physically for us here in San Diego. You worked with the people that were geographically proximate to you. You got your mentorship from them. You walked down the hall when you had a question. In a way, it was a very antiquated way of doing things in light of the experience we've had with remote work. If you fast forward to our team today, our team is geographically diverse throughout the United States. We've got lawyers just on our venture and growth team. This is a team of two dozen people. We've got lawyers in 10 different offices across the country. So the idea that you would get your mentorship from someone around the corner in your office doesn't really make sense in light of the new reality of the team. Therefore, we use phone calls, we use emails, we use Zoom, we use remote means of communication to stay closer to each other, even though we're geographically far away. The days of what it was like when I was a junior are over. Unless you are in New York City or in another big city where there's a massive practice in your office, most lawyers, I think, will be dealing with colleagues and clients who are in a different place than them and not somewhere they can go physically see them in person most of the time. So the use of technology, whether it's instant message, text message, emails, WhatsApp, Zoom, Microsoft Teams, these are all just tools to connect people who are geographically unproximate from each other. And I think that, especially for our practice, where our clients are the same way, we've got clients all over the country, it's actually a quite healthy way to do things. I'll give you an example. Both Bree and I are parents of young children. For parents of young children going into an office from nine to five or nine to seven or nine to nine really is not conducive for creating the type of home lifestyle that you want for your family. That being said, in sort of the new rubric where we don't have to get our mentorship by sitting in someone else's office, Bree and I can talk first thing in the morning or late at night or when baby is taking a nap or when the kids are in front of their iPad. It gives a tremendous amount of flexibility in the way that we interact with each other as human beings. Bree and I have never met in person. One day soon, I'm hoping to meet her in person and we'll get to hang out together. At the same time, and I'm curious what her thoughts are, for someone who's only been here six months, she's grown a tremendous amount. She's had plenty of mentoring opportunities with different lawyers all across the country. It's just a dispersed way of doing things that I think is the way people will do it on a go forward. Now that we've had this COVID experience where people worked from home, worked from some random place, worked from the beach, worked from mom's garage, and we've been successful at it, there's been an awakening to the fact that technology in a way can give us an alternative means of staying close, 
of being able to reach people, of being able to connect without physically having to be in the same room as them. What are your thoughts on that, Bree? How has technology played a role? I guess very important role since you haven't met yet, but how has that enabled you to build that relationship and get the benefits of mentoring? I would 100% agree with Matt that it's evolved the relationship. I'm old enough to remember going into the office every day and when I was a paralegal and working with the managing partner and learning and being guided that way. And the onset of the pandemic, the world changed and we all went online. And I think Matt hit the nail on the head. It really just changed the dynamic, but it hasn't removed the personal portion. I think if anything, it's made my mentoring relationships a little bit more meaningful because Matt does know a lot more about me than if he would have just seen me in the office. If he calls me after 4 p.m. my time, he might hear my daughter in the background. That's normalized in our mentoring relationship. He knows so many more things about me than he would have if we were just sitting in an office because there is the temptation to have a persona when you're in the office and to conduct yourself in a different way. So I think for me, a lot of my mentoring relationships have evolved because it's much more personal. You're much more likely to interact with Brie in contrast to Brittany Charles, the attorney at TLA Piper. And I would think that one of the things that technology has done is also made it easier for me to really connect with my mentors in the sense of now I can see Matt as a father, as someone who loves baseball, as someone who loves teaching his children. I think it really is just something that makes you connect with a person because you're getting insight into their life with technology a lot of times if you're on a Zoom call or if you're on a Teams call. And I think it's also helped me develop more meaningful relationships with the people in my team in the sense of we all are doing this together in this world where we're all in different offices for the most part, and we're just building each other and trying to address clients as most efficiently as possible. I think technology has been more of a benefit than a hardship, but I'm still looking forward to meeting Matt one day. I agree. I've definitely seen so many different instances where technology has actually hastened a relationship, right? So you all haven't met in person, but you've been to each other's homes and you've met each other's children, which probably never would have happened without technology. We just wouldn't have done it. We would have been much more, I think, closed. And it's allowed us to be much more open. I do also agree that technology in a very real sense has opened up the pool of available mentors. Matt, you were sharing 10 offices. Now people are getting their mentorship, not only from people that they're in office with, but people that they're in firm with and in practice group with, but they may not sit next to each other. Some have up until this point really shied away from mentoring, thinking, oh, maybe they're not ready or they don't have anything to offer. But it's definitely been said that every lawyer has something to offer. And I'm wondering, Matt, if you can share a word on getting more people to mentoring and if you agree with that statement that everyone has something to share. Everyone should have something to share. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that most lawyers don't know where to start. This is a great time to mention our Legal Mentor Network, which really is aimed at addressing this issue, which is how do you match up attorneys and law students with lawyers who have relevant experience in the industry that they're in? There hasn't really been a mechanism for doing that. And I think for an attorney, your typical big law senior associate or partner who has a tremendous amount of responsibility both at work and maybe to their family, 
for them going out and finding a mentee is an exhausting enterprise. However, if someone got an email and said, hey, we've matched you up with a mentee who's interested in your specific area of law or went to your law school or went to your undergrad or is from the same hometown as you or has some other extrinsic connection, people will be much more likely to go, yeah, of course, I'd love to mentor someone who went to the same law school as me. I'd love to chat with someone about my industry. I'd love to meet someone from my hometown who's interested in becoming a lawyer. So I think that by making it as easy as possible for busy lawyers to mentor, we will dramatically increase the pool of people who are willing to do it. It's not the half an hour phone call. It's all of the rigmarole around finding the right person. So it's like eating a gourmet dinner. Most people will not spend eight hours to go food shopping, find recipes, cook a gourmet dinner, and then sit down and eat it. But if they go to a restaurant and someone puts it right in front of them, they'll gladly do so. So I think we need to think of mentoring more in that vein. We need to make it more user-friendly, easier, quicker, more readily accessible if we want to increase the pool of mentors who are willing to spend their time doing the actual mentoring work. Excellent. Let's go back a bit, Matt, when you were talking about you had this heart-to-heart, Matt-to-Matt-in-the-mirror, and you talked about the need for giving back. Why was mentoring one of your answers for how you wanted to do that? You wanted to make that your mark and how you were giving back to others, the profession. How did those pieces come together for you? It was a confluence of things. As you know, there was a period of time last year where racial injustice was at the very forefront of every news story, on the tip of the tongue, every conversation. And I think that me personally, I was in an interesting position being Jewish and being part of one of the most mistreated groups in history. My grandmother grew up in Poland and was one of three of 14 children who weren't murdered by the Nazis. And I think I carry with me both a sense of being part of a group that's been treated very unfairly, but also having the distinct advantage of looking white in America. And it really weighed on me as to what is something I can do to directly impact people? What skills do I have? What can I offer? What could I do that would have a direct impact on somebody's life? And I don't know why mentoring popped up as something that I could do. And I said, this is something I'm going to try. And then I actually got involved in the nascent first days of this legal mentor network when it was an informal thing on LinkedIn. I mentored one person and I was like, wow, that was really cool. So I basically wrote back to the person who was organizing it, Brian Potts, co-founder for the Legal Mentor Network. And I said, look, I'll mentor every single person you sent to me, every person. I'll take as many calls as you want to give me for someone who you think is the right fit. Some weeks it was two calls. Some weeks it was 10 calls. It really just felt like something where I could make a direct impact to people's lives in an area that I actually knew about. And the more I did it, the more I realized, wow, I feel like I'm pretty good at this. I'm giving good advice. I'm actually making a distinct impact. And I really quickly realized that most of these people I were talking to don't have an uncle or a cousin or a mom who was a lawyer. Many of them were the first lawyers in their families. Many of them were the first people to go to college in their families. Some of them were the first people to graduate high school in their families. So when you look at the legal industry, it's not just 
How many minority lawyers do you have in your firm? It's are we bringing in people who otherwise would have been excluded from this community and embracing them and giving them the skills and knowledge that they need to be successful in big law? Are we creating an environment where people who literally have no idea what they're doing feel safe asking what they think is a dumb question? Are we fostering true human interaction and contact such that we're building the kind of community relationships that we could be proud of as lawyers? Are we showing to our clients our absolute best face and giving them reason to think that we're someone they should trust with their transactions? For me, I think it was when I look at what my best skills are, obviously, I've been doing this and only this for 20 years. And I didn't think Little League baseball coach was really going to fit the bill. So that's my two big skill sets. It really felt like I was making a direct and immediate impact with people who really needed it the most. And I do think that if we want to up the ante, make progress, move the vector in the right direction for racial justice in this country, mentoring is a major, major component to doing that. It just feels like we're actually doing the thing. It's not lip service. We're not looking at numbers. We're not talking about putting people in seats. We're talking about impacting lives of folks who have not had an opportunity to be in this profession and to have guidance and mentorship, true guidance and mentorship from people who are willing to open up their arms to them. So it felt like a very natural evolution, honestly, for me. And I think the more I did it, it built upon itself. And I think a lot of things in life are like that. The more you volunteer, the more you love volunteering. The more you coach Little League kids, the more you love coaching. The more you mentor, the more mentees you see succeed, the more you want to do it and realize the impact you're making. So I think for lawyers, especially lawyers at big law who get myopic about themselves, their practice, their world, this is really a great way just to expand that. And it's easily done. People are easily matched up. You just get on the phone and you give simple, honest guidance, and it makes a tremendous impact. I just really appreciate what you were saying there and the fact that you shared it. Part of being a great mentor is sharing your own vulnerabilities and certainly sharing your personal experience, your history. It makes you more real. It makes you more relatable. Bree was already sharing some of that, knowing that you love teaching your kids and that you coach Little League. Those are things that are important to who you are and who the person is connecting to. As we think about it at the firm level or even at the profession level, Mentorship is really a key step in the pathway to inclusion and increasing inclusion within the profession, giving people someone who's invested in them, making that connection for them, helping them feel more like they belong wherever it is that they are trying to feel that sense of belonging. And mentorship is certainly a key to that. But in addition to people being mentors, we need mentees willing to raise their hand and say, I need help. I need guidance. It's not always easy. I myself was first-generation lawyer, and it wasn't always easy to go up to people and say, I don't understand, or can you help me connect? So I guess getting really personal with you, Bree, what is that experience like, and why is it worth it to raise your hand and say, yes, I would like to be mentored, or please help, I need a mentor? I'm going to admit it's difficult. For me, it was a point of pride. I'm first-generation Haitian and Puerto Rican. You're raised that if you work hard and you do what you're supposed to, that everything will come. 
And for most of my life, I was actually very successful. In undergrad, in high school, never had any problems. Got into law school and it was like I hit a wall. (laughs) I think one of the hardest things, especially if you're a student, you're first generation, you're a minority, is just admitting that you don't know what to do. You don't want to be vulnerable. One of the biggest things I was taught in law school by professors, administrators, and not just in my law school, in any law school I went to visit, because I was active in several orgs, was that if you didn't do it on your own, it wasn't going to happen. And no one was there to help you. And that narrative was particularly reinforced on the black and brown students, that no one was going to be the person to feel bad for you or to give you a handout. And you were going to have to work twice as hard as your peers, and you may not get the recognition you want. And from mentoring relationships, I've learned that that's just not true. There are people that care about you. There are people that want you to succeed. There are people that will invest their time in you and will give you a chance. And raising your hand, you may get a hundred no's, but that one yes that you get is going to transform your life. Matt and I met through the Legal Mentor Network on LinkedIn, and we were maybe five minutes into the phone call before he asked, do you want to work with me? So just really put yourself out there. I know sometimes we're afraid of the rejection. Sometimes we're afraid of what happens if someone says no, or we're afraid of not excelling or being the best. And I think that's just something that having a mentor really just helps deal with. And having someone there to support you and tell you it's okay is critical to that. So I do want to ask a question of you, Matt, and I'll share my own thoughts maybe after you go. Why was it so important that DLA Piper get behind the Legal Mentor Network? And what are some of the long-term goals of the organization? You've already shared some of your early experiences when the organization was at its nascent stages, but what do you hope that the firm and the profession will gain from an organization like Legal Mentor Network? Sure. So profession-wide, my hope is that we will dramatically increase the number of mentors and mentees that are doing mentoring. I think right now it's a one-off. If you want to find a mentor, you got to really get lucky to do it. Most law students don't have a lawyer mentor. Most lawyers don't have any mentees other than the people they directly work with. So I think the goal of the organization as a whole is to dramatically increase the level of mentoring that's out there and to make it specific to the mentors and mentees. So find a way to match people who are good matches for mentoring and dramatically increase the amount of mentoring that's going on. If we can do that as an industry, we're moving the vector in the right direction. In terms of DLA and our involvement, I think that our firm has undergone an evolution since it started in 2005. We're at the end of the first year of new leadership. I think that as a firm, we have a lot more growing to do, and that one of the key ways in which we can grow into the firm that we want to be is to be on the forefront of mentoring. I frankly think it's a business imperative for the firm for a variety of reasons. If we are the most engaged firm in the world or one of the most engaged firms in mentoring lawyers and law students, it will yield both tangible financial benefits to the firm. It will yield reputational benefits to the firm. It will make our lawyers better lawyers. It will give them broader perspective. It will 
hopefully humble some of the senior lawyers, make them remember what it's like to be a junior lawyer. And frankly, it's just imperative to the industry that we move the needle in the direction of doing this more. The other thing, too, is that I really think that the talent war that's going on right now to attract the best, young, brightest lawyers is not going to go away. And the firms that do the best job at mentoring will not only attract, but help retain the best talent in the industry. And we are a world-class, industry-leading law firm and do the things that will attract world-class, industry-leading talent. And as part of our talent management program, we've got to put mentorship right at the very top and in the mind of every single person that works here. Fully agree. When we crack the code as we are on mentoring, wearing my diversity and inclusion hat, we really are helping people to be their most authentic selves at the firm. They're coming and saying, this is where I need help. This is where I need support and direction. And then the people who are here who have already demonstrated and realized that success can say, I have something to share here. I have something to offer you here. So the call to help is answered internally. We're able to help ourselves on a professional level within the legal profession. We're able to help ourselves because the solutions are actually within getting people to step up and say they have a need and getting others to share what they know. And I think there's no end to the studies that say supported people are the most effective. They're able to shine. They're able to grow. They're able to take chances and challenge themselves and really push themselves. So this is going to be part of how we move forward as an organization, both through the Legal Mentor Network and then as DLA Piper, having focus and emphasis on mentorship and making sure that people know that we have these mentorship programs available, as well as making sure that our mentors are trained so that they're comfortable in sharing and leading in those relationships. So wonderful to hear that our partners are really, really focused on it. I do want to give a chance for both of you to have a last statement on either the importance of mentorship, what you hope we can achieve through mentorship, or what you think we can achieve through mentorship. And I'll start with Matt. Yeah, I mean, I'm just thrilled to be involved in these efforts. It feels like we are a very, very small cog in what could be a very, very big endeavor. And I think that the stage I'm at in my career, the stage our firm is at, the stage our practice is at, we have to do more than just be excellent technical lawyers in order to succeed, to help build the next generation of lawyers, of leaders, of mentors, is frankly an honor and a privilege and something I'm super excited to be a part of. Thoughts from you, Brie, on mentorship or being a mentee or what's needed for new lawyers in the mentoring space in big law? So I think mentorship is going to result in a much more diverse, much more efficient, much more flexible and resourceful field of law than ever before. I truly believe that every lawyer has something to offer, whether they're a partner 20 plus years or whether they're brand new. I think one of the things that mentorship is going to need going forward are just more people like Matt, more people like you, more 
programs like the Legal Mentor Network that are really just reaching out there and trying to invest in people. And I think the field is going to transform. I think the legal field has this reputation of being very cutthroat. I think big law particularly has that reputation. And I can tell you with the mentorship that I've received here, that hasn't been my experience at all. I am less stressed out here, more fulfilled and happier in my role with DLA Piper than I've ever been in any other role. And I directly attribute that to Matt and a lot of the individuals here that have taken the time to mentor me. So I'm really looking forward to seeing the legal field 10, 20 years from now and just the difference in it and the variety and just how people will be much happier, healthier, better lawyers in the future. That's awesome. It's just so heartwarming to hear that that's the experience that you've had. I'm very happy that you've had that experience. Please keep sharing it. It matters when people even hear your story. I mean, just the discussion about mentorship, I learned more about the two of you and the hour that we've been discussing together than I probably would have outside of these discussions. So thank you both for being so willing to come forward and share your story. Thank you for being a mentor. And Bree, thank you for being willing to be a mentee and raise your hand and say, this is a relationship that I want. I wish you both the best and look to continuing to talk to you about these topics because both of you will be heavily involved as we continue to shape mentorship at the firm. That's awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you, Lenara. All information, content, and materials contained in this podcast are for general informational purposes only. This podcast is intended to be a general overview of the subjects discussed and does not create a lawyer-client relationship. Statements and opinions are those of the individual speakers and participants and do not necessarily reflect the policies or opinions of DLA Piper LLP US. The information contained in this podcast is not and should not be used as a substitute for legal advice. No listener should act or refrain from acting with respect to any particular legal matter on the basis of this podcast without first seeking legal advice from counsel in the relevant jurisdiction. This podcast may qualify as lawyer advertising, requiring notice in some jurisdictions. Prior results do not guarantee a similar outcome. DLA Piper LLP US accepts no responsibility for any actions taken or not taken as a result of this podcast.